Hello there. This is Benny. And this is Kyle. And you're listening to The Doctor's Watcher. The podcast where I watch Doctor Who and I tell you all about it. I figured every episode's probably somebody's first episode, so I'll give the actual premise of the podcast this time. <laughs> but if this is your first episode, then maybe skip back a couple to like episode 16 and you'll be at the start of the serial. Yeah, yeah. And they like to put a spin on these openings, but sometimes the spin is that there is no spin. <laughs> Twist. Indeed. So, cool. well, this has been a pretty entertaining serial so far. Um, and I honestly don't have a whole lot to say. I think that uh, I'm curious to see what happens next. But did you have anything, any notes? Uh, I So I looked up the other day, I looked at our list of published episodes and cool. did some math. And in case you are curious, the average episode length of a Doctor's Watcher episode as of, you know, all the published episodes a day or two ago is 49 minutes and 59 seconds. Whoa. <laughs> uh, if we could have just gotten that extra second, <laughs> it would have been such a nice round number. <laughs> I, I did include our season one wrap-up episode in that, which is like our, our longest episode by far. Oh, yeah. But yeah, that'll, that'll break the curve. <laughs> <laughs> that was all I had today, though. Fun fact. All right. Well, yes. Cool. <laughs> Little statistics for you, listeners. So, uh, shall we get right to it then? Indeed. This is Escape to Danger, which is the 18th episode of season two. Nice. Not not normally the thing that you want to escape to. Usually it's what you're trying to escape from. One would think. But, you know, if you're a person of action. <laughs> yes. If you're a person of action, you must be prepared for the unexpected. <laughs> so do you recall our cliff dingler from when we talked about it five minutes ago while we recorded the last episode. <laughs> um, I think I know that I was real busy bullshitting um, <laughs> while you're talking about that. Um, I do know that, you know, our, our heroes have been captured by Zarbi, which as we all know now are giant ants um, and a plastic tube painted with vines and plants has been lowered around the head of the doctor. And, some voice spoke and said something, but again, I think I was a little, I was a little too busy with my, uh, my <laughs> ridiculous comments, <laughs> try, trying to just. Uh, I think I was just having a little too much fun there to to remember what, what the voice said. So it it asked him like why they came basically, and it continues talking to him. It it starts asking him about the invasion force, and. It seems that this voice believes that the doctor is from the Monoptera, even though he keeps insisting that he's not. <laughs> um, I don't know. He's got that, like, white hair, the Monoptera <laughs> have white fur. Uh -huh. He's got, like, a long coat on, and the Monoptera have wings. I, mean, <laughs> I, I can barely tell them apart. Yeah, totally. 
You lie. You are the Minotra. Our detector show you are messing in space to attack. Speak. Uh, I don't know, Doc. I think they've got you there. Yeah. So the, the plastic tube thing around his head lifts back up, and the Zarbi push him toward Ian and Vicky. And as the three of them stand there, a vine on the wall kind of raises up and it has what looks kind of similar to the gun arm of a Dalek attached to the end of the vine. (laughs) And it, you know, it raises this vine and it flashes the film negative for a second. Oh, dang. Uh Uh-huh. While it was very similar to a Dalek arm. (laughs) It was aimed toward the TARDIS while it flashed negative but it seems that the negifying beam is deflected or something because it hits the wall near the Zarbi instead. Ah, serves them right. Trying to shoot the TARDIS. Uh-huh. The doctor asks Vicky what the fuck she did while she was in the TARDIS, and apparently she says that when she was thrown around against the control panel, she did just start flipping whatever random switches she could see. Excellent. Well done, Vicky. You have performed a miracle, my dear. You have realigned the fluid link. The power is back. <laughs> Excellent. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's too bad that the doctor didn't try randomly flipping whatever switches he could see earlier. They should just let me on the TARDIS. I would solve every problem. I would flip every <laughs> switch. <laughs> we cut to a Monoptera who is standing on a cliff, sort of overlooking the main Zarbi head queue where everyone's gathered. And after a few moments, the Zarbi beeping noise starts up. And the Monoptera flies away as two Zarbi arrive at the clifftop. Oh, Kyle, won't you please describe to me the special effect of the Monoptera flying? Oh, man, it was great. So so the camera is facing toward the cliff, right? And Excellent. the the Monoptera is standing, like, on the edge of the cliff. With you so far. <laughs> and, as, you know, we hear the beeping noise start, and... As a couple of Zarbi run into the into the, the view of the camera, the the Monoptera just like lifts up and away from the cliff, like toward the camera and goes off screen above it. Excellent. So yeah, I'm pretty sure, you know, they must have just like had it on a wire. <laughs> Was this a person in a costume or like just Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the Monoptera costume without a person in it. No, this is still full person in a costume. Nice. You know, they're, like, looking around and stuff before. Oh. What special effects? We cut back to the doctor, who is getting back into position in the plastic vine root talking tube, and he starts bargaining with the voice. Cool. The voice wants him to use his ship's secrets to help against the invaders, and in return, will give him his freedom. Hmm. Seems uh, seems a little suspicious there. Mm-hmm. 
the invaders, of course, being the Minoptera. Right, right, right. He asks the voice where Barbara is, and the voice says that she has been taken to the crater of needles beyond my great web. Cool, cool. Still, still love uh, the name. It asks if he can see into the stars, and he offers to bring out the TARDIS's astral map. Cool. Yeah, the voice apparently wants to use, you know, if he can see into the stars, the voice would like to use that to figure out exactly where the Monoptera are amassing to invade. Somewhere in space, beyond the range of our locators, they are grouping. They scatter false trails to mislead us. Their numbers are great. I am aware only of movement. Cool, cool. I don't know if we should be helping the Zarbi. They, they, they seem like so far they might be the bad guys, but who knows? Maybe, yeah. Maybe they're just uh, both sides are just different sides of a war that nobody really wants. Yeah, it was hard to tell at this point, like who was meant to be the the quote good guys or bad guys? Because yeah, like the Zarbi and the Monoptera have both kind of seemed to exercise some control over over our heroes and you know if the monoptera are like invading this planet then that's not necessarily cool yeah he says that he's going to need some help to bring the astral map out so ian starts following him to the tardis but Vicky gets blocked by the Zarbi. I think they must want to keep me here as a hostage. You go in, I'll be all right. Oh, dang. Yeah, not, yeah. not trusting these guys. I thought it was cool that Vicky's just like, yeah, I'll be cool, though. Yeah. I mean, it's very brave of her, but yeah, still, being kept as a hostage is not super awesome. Back outside... As Zarbi is returning to the main Zarbi head queue, and the Monoptera who flew away earlier is secretly following it. And as the Zarbi runs toward the head queue, it bumps into the camera. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go ahead and guess that was not on purpose. (laughs) Yeah, that obviously has no impact on the plot, and I'm sure was unintentional, but (laughs) but I can't let it go unmentioned. Yes. Well, as we've established, film was expensive back then, and they couldn't reshoot things, so I guess if it wasn't (laughs) a catastrophic bump, then they're just like, yeah, keep it. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, there's, you know, there's a noise that I'll probably drop a clip of. And, you know, the camera, like, shakes for a sec. (laughs) And and then the shot finishes. Very cool. Inside the TARDIS, Ian and the Doctor are breathing a bit easier, both figuratively and literally. Yes. The Doctor gives Ian some medication to dab onto his face because he's still, you know, kind of rashy from the entangle spell that he was caught in earlier. The Doctor's like, you're disgusting. Here, pass <laughs> uh, on your grossness. They discuss the Zarbi, which the doctor says, like, pretty much just are insects. Hmm. 
and Ian shocked. Ants? Hmm. Hmm. I've seen a colony of ants eat their way right through a house. That size, they could eat their way through a mountain. Why are they that big? Do ants eat houses? I uh, thought that was more uh, termites. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I thought too. Also mountains, I, I mean, those are made of rock. <laughs> yeah. I guess when I've played Sim Ant, you do eventually start making colonies inside the house, but, but you're not really like eating the house. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter how big you are. You're probably not going to want to eat a rock. <laughs> yeah. They start talking about plans. The doctor wants to try to trick this voice that he's been talking to, which he thinks is the queen of the ants. Cool. Into, Hot. he wants to, yeah. So he, he wants to try to trick the voice into neutralizing the area that they're in so they can escape. Very cool. I wonder if this uh, Zarbi queen is going to be like the Borg queen or more like the alien queen and aliens. Honestly, sexy either way. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, the doctor wants Ian to track down Barbara in the Crater of Needles. After all, the doctor ships it just as much as we do. Yep. Ian asks where that is, and the doctor says, The only clue I can give you, dear boy, it's behind a great web. That's not much help, is it? Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I guess that's pretty much all the doctor knows about it, so... Ian is like, yeah, this is the planet of webs, so... <laughs> um, maybe not the most helpful direction, actually. Uh-huh. They head over to the astral map device, which is conveniently on wheels. And, <laughs> uh-huh. And they start rolling it toward the TARDIS door. Ian goes to unplug it, but before he can, the doctor stops him. No, 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 no! What? Don't unplug it! You must never do that! You must never break the time and relative dimension link. Come on. Hmm. I wonder how long this uh, this power cord is. <laughs> Do we have any uh, any extension cords on the TARDIS? Uh huh. So they roll it on out, and the Doctor pokes at it for a few seconds before he gets frustrated and turns away and heads back over to the plastic communication tube thingy, where he tells the voice that he can't use his instruments while this force is jamming them. Mm -hmm. And so after a little bit of discussion, the voice agrees to suspend some of its functions near his instruments. If you take advantage of this, you will die. The doctor's like, okay, well, guess I'll find out. <laughs> uh -huh. And so all of the Zarbi in the area all kind of like sink to the ground. And once it's clear that they're all unresponsive, Ian rushes off to go looking for Barbara. Excellent. Hi, I hope you're enjoying the episode. If you like our podcast, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. 
If you'd like to ask us a question, share your thoughts, or make fun of us, you can email us at thedoctorswatcher at gmail.com or tweet us at drwatcher. Thanks for listening, and now back to the episode. So while Ian runs through maze-like corridors and hides from Zarbi, the doctor starts turning knobs on the astral map, and after a few moments, he picks up a transmission. Apparently, the astral map is also a space radio. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I guess when you're monitoring what's going on out there in space, you... Some of the instruments that you use to monitor are also listening. So (laughs) that seems to track. Uh Uh-huh. So he picks up this transmission. It seems to be a transmission from the Monoptera invasion force. Cool. And it says that their range to Vortis is 140 and that the craft will be landing on the Sayo Plateau north of the Crater of Needles. Cool. It's it's very handy that of the entire planet, the um, location that they chose for their landing is near a landmark that we have already heard of and are also <laughs> heading toward. Uh-huh. Yeah, very, very convenient of them. Yes, we appreciate it. Ian ends up coming across a Zarbi who notices him and they start fighting. Uh, gotta, gotta fail those stealth checks eventually. <laughs> yeah. The Zarbi spins around and, you know, kind of hits Ian with its shell and knocks him to the ground and he gets back up and he grapples with it for a couple of rounds and then Ian throws the Zarbi to the ground, nice. where it, it basically just lays and twitches. Nice. Good job, Ian. So Ian rushes off, but after rushing into the next room, an alarm sound starts blaring, and the sort of translucent, viney doors of the room close, trapping him in. Oh, dang. Uh, a bunch of Zarbi arrive outside this room along with a giant woodlice creature who shoots its sparking and smoking larva gun Excellent. toward toward the door of the room that Ian's in. But when it shoots the door open, Ian rolls a nat 20 on his dexterity save and he evades capture and runs away. Nice. Good job, Ian. The voice, the the Zarbi Queen voice, tells the doctor that since the other member of his party, since Ian tried to escape, that they're not going to be trusted anymore. It threatens to kill them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it threatens to just go ahead and kill them now. But the doctor says that if it does that then the information that he has will die with him. Probably a bluff. (laughs) (laughs) The voice starts asking about this information, but he says that he's still collating the readings from his instruments, so he can't quite share it yet. Mm -hmm. 
The voice, of course, does think that maybe he's trying to bluff. Maybe he's trying to fool it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it doesn't want to risk it, so it doesn't kill him yet. All right. That's all, all you're hoping for. Uh, <laughs> as long as we can put that suspicion in its mind, you know, that hesitancy uh-huh. to, uh, to kill us will be okay. He heads back over to Vicky and asks her to go into the ship and bring back the red box near the first aid kit for him. So she does. Cool. And when she gets back, he's like, I said a white box, child, near the sink. This is one of my specimens. Look. And he opens this box and he takes out a plastic display case with a big spider inside. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> Not quite sure where this is going. He he sends her back to the ship to get the white box instead of this red box. And on her way back to the ship, you know, she's like looking at the spider in the plastic display case. And she ends up discovering accidentally that the Zarbi are afraid of the spider. Even though it's like, you know, one one thousandth their size. Right. Even though she's like holding it in a single hand. You know, it's it's probably like a, a tarantula size, but like standard earth tarantula, you know, like three or four inches across or whatever. And is this like an actual walking around live spider on the set or is it rubber? Uh, no, I think it was rubber. And and it is in like a, a, a display case, basically. Gotcha. But yeah, apparently the Zarbi are afraid of it. We cut back to Ian who has been joined by the Monoptera who was spying on the Zarbi head queue. Cool. And it turns out that this is Vreston. Ah, that might get a little awkward. (laughs) Vreston, who keeps calling Ian... Heron. Okay. uh, Asks if he still plans to go to the Crater of Needles... Which he does. Cool. Vreston says that many of their friends are enslaved there with their wings torn off to prevent escape. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Like, I remember we were saying we weren't sure if the Zarbi were the bad guys, but uh, now we're we're starting to feel that more and more. (laughs) Ian is like... What do you expect when you invade a planet? And Vreston reveals that... This is actually the Monoptera's original home. Oh, they are not dang. necessarily an invasion force so much as like a reclamation force. Dang. Ian kind of probes the dialogue tree a little bit further and finds the full backstory dialogue node. Excellent. And he learns that the Zarbi are unintelligent. But they were essential to the planet's ecology. But then apparently at some point they were basically weaponized by a dark power known as the Animus. Cool. Yeah, we were wondering what the Animus was. Uh Uh-huh. I think it's implied that the Animus is the Zarbi Queen voice that the Doctor's talking to, but that's not really entirely clear. Mm, Okay. But... But yeah, the Zarbi were were weaponized by the Animus at some point, and this was when the Carzonome appeared, 
which I'm pretty sure is the name of the Zarbi head Q. The carcinome. Okay. All, all these names are excellent. Uh-huh. So the carcinome appeared and it grew very quickly. We had no weapons. We had not had the need. And by the time we sensed the danger, the Zarbi were too strong. Dang. These poor, poor moth people. Yeah. This was apparently also the same time that all these new moons appeared in the sky. Ah, I knew they were eggs. Remember, Vortus used to not have moons. <laughs> so the Monoptera that were strong enough flew to one of the moons to live there. Oh, uh, yeah. Why not? I guess <laughs> that's an option. Uh -huh. But yeah, apparently it sucks there and... They need to retake the planet Vortis before the carcinome grows too big and consumes it all. So, in the middle of an invasion, a uh, a bunch of new moons appear, and everyone's just like, "Oh yeah, that timing's not suspicious. Let's go live there." <laughs> yeah, apparently. All right. Well, I'm like, yeah, guess it's somewhere. I guess better than just going to a different part of this planet. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> So Vreston was part of the advance force that came to prepare the way for the main invasion or reclamation force. But of the other two members of Vreston's party, one of them is dead and the other one is at the Crater of Needles. Of course, that's Frostar at the Crater of Needles and the other Menoptera as the dead one. Yes. The, the unnamed and now dead Monoptera. Mm -hmm. Ian's like, that sounds like a loyalty mission. Let's go to the Crater of Needles and rescue our friends together. Excellent. We'll need to finish this and before we launch the final mission. <laughs> Vreston is totally into this idea. Yes, Heron. We will do as you say. All right, all right. So, so I think we're going to need a... Uh, Vrestian ship. Haha. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, like, I think Vrestian is the obvious one, but given the Vrestian calls Ian Heron, I wonder if it needs to be like Vresteron or something. Vreron. Vreron. Her Herston. <laughs> 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 uh, I might I might stick with Vrestian. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, that that might be I don't, the best I don't, option. I don't blame you for trying these other these other possibilities. <laughs> so Vrestin leads Ian into the next screen of the map, holding their hands up in front of them the whole time, because you know that's what Monoptera do. Yeah, as if they were a mime like feeling the front wall of the box that they're trapped in. <laughs> uh, very cool, very cool. They point out the direction of the Crater of Needles, but, of course, Ian can't fly, so it's going to take about two hours to get there. Okay. And just about this time, they start hearing some Zarbi beeps and start looking for a place to hide. Cool. Ian finds sort of like a cleft in the rock for them to hide in. But as they're hiding, the ground gives way beneath them and dust and rocks fall and they disappear out of sight. And 
as the Zarbi search the area and find nothing, the words next episode Crater of Needles appears on screen. Would you say that uh, Reston and Ian uh, escaped there, Kyle? Possibly <laughs> into danger, even? <laughs> Quite possibly. Although this is also the episode where Ian, I guess, kind of escapes. Oh, and he's running um, through the tunnels and trying to stay away right. from the, the um, Zarbi. Yeah, I think that might actually be what it's referring to. Gotcha. All right. I know that we've we've had a couple of episodes where the title, you know, the the event referred to in the title only comes at the very end of the episode. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. So that I I I wonder. I mean, you're the one who actually saw the episode, so obviously I'll, I'll go with what you you think. But but yeah, I think the the, the possibility and is at least worth considering. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, then you know, after he gets out, then like the voice that might or might not be the animus is you know, talking about another, you know, your other party member escaped. And so I'm not going to trust you anymore. And whatever, all right. So. Well, that's definitely an escape then. And it was into danger. So, all right. Yeah. Cool. Well, cool. I mean, I'm, I'm still liking this serial. It's, it's goofy. It's kind of childish in a good way for a ridiculous Doctor Who episode. So, yeah. I will say and this might be a slight spoiler for when we eventually get to the the very end of the serial and talk about our thoughts on it, but I might be having more fun talking about it than I did actually watching it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of beeping. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's fair, yeah. <laughs> no, I've been thinking, like, yeah, this one would be a fun one to watch, but then I've honestly had the thought, like, but would I be able to watch it without, um, like, freaking out beans because usually he's okay with stuff <laughs> happening on tv but some like specifically beeping type sounds i think tend to bother him if there's like a certain pitch to it so oh yeah may need to yeah you'll watch this with headphones on my computer or you'll want to wear headphones when you qa these episodes oh i gotcha <laughs> oh cool all right um cool uh, yeah, I did want to mention that I noticed in the final credits of the episode, and I'm assuming this is true for the whole serial, but I just didn't notice until this episode. Uh, Vreston is played by Rosalind de Winter, who is also credited with insect movement by Rosalind de Winter. Mm, interesting. So, yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. Cool. Nice job, Rosalind, for... Inventing the Monoptera, holding their arms up like mimes. Oh, is that what insect movement means? I, I thought I'm maybe pretty it was sure like that puppeteering. That must be what the... it means. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, just sort of figuring out how the Monoptera and the Zarbi move. That'd be fun. Be like, no, I, I'm not going to up with this. I want to be credited for insect movement. Put, put me in the end <laughs> credits. Uh-huh. I'm union. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Well, I do hope that we see the Animus eventually. I mean, assuming that that is, in fact, the Zarbi Queen. Um, 
I, I, I don't see how there's any possible way that regardless of what it looks like, that it wouldn't be sexy. So I <laughs> can't wait to see what form of sexiness this animus takes. Indeed. Yeah. Any, any sort of hive mind queens are kind of bound to be sexy. Indeed. Indeed. You, I couldn't have said it better myself. I agree 100%. and on that note um well did you have any other notes you wanted to cover uh nope that was it i just wanted to to say good job roslyn yes all right well um in that case we'll see you listeners in two weeks Bye. bye hi it's benny kyle and i would like to thank circuit 23 for our theme song You can find its sweet, sweet tunes, including our theme, at soundcloud.com slash circuit23, and you can reach him at circuit.23 at gmail.com. Thank you to Kyle for talking to me about Doctor Who, and thank you, listener, for listening to me, listening to Kyle talk about Doctor Who. You can always chat with us by emailing thedoctorswatcher at gmail.com or tweeting at drwatcher. It always makes our day to see a new review on iTunes. And with that, please join us next time on The Doctor's Watcher. So you left the planet. We had no choice. Where did you go? At that time, these strange moons appeared. One of them became our home, those of us who could reach it. Can you live up there? It is a dim half-world, and our wings grow weaker. We must return to Vortis. For when the car's gnome encircles the planet, it will be too late. Oh, now you're ready to attack. No, we are not ready, but we must try.